Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. Hello, Space Cowboy. Uh, hi. I've never been to space. <laughs> you know, some people call me Maurice. <laughs> I have been... I did dress as a cowboy once. Oh, yeah? Mm. Multiple times, actually, as a child. I wore okay. my cowboy boots everywhere I went. Oh. When I was a wee lad, like, I think I you've don't know, I think sex. you've mentioned this on the pod. <laughs> you have. You yeah. mentioned cowboy boots on the pod. Uh. <laughs> yes. I gave myself huge blisters. <laughs> I got a hat for, like, Christmas or birthday or from grandparents visiting or something like that, and I wore that cowboy hat oh. everywhere until it didn't fit my little head. Yeah. You just don't you you don't let them heal. You just let them become calluses. You just keep going. Well, <laughs> well, I was five or six, so it's a that's, little different. That's fair. You were never a kicker. No, no. I've lived in Texas. What, what is it? Twenty twenty one. Almost yeah. <laughs> thirty years. Never, never had the interest. I mean, I, I, no. I, I, I've I've been in Boy Scouts. I've been to ranches. I've ridden sure. horses. I fired guns. I used to know how to use a lasso. I mean, I, I do. I, I know some cowboy things, but it just never appealed to me. Besides that yeah. weird phase from about 2009 to I think about 2013, where I wore a lot of like plaid button ups with pearl snap buttons. Oh, I still have some of your uh, <laughs> your leftover <laughs> pearl snaps. I still wear pearl snaps when I've run out of things to wear. Well, when I'm like, oh, I should have done laundry two days ago. Well, I guess I'm wearing this shirt. Well, eventually I figured out to not wear those. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's whatever. Well, we have actually the, the our friend that introduced us became a kicker in college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. I was like, oh, he's a cowboy now. Oh, OK. <laughs> I think everyone outside of our region is like, what's a kicker? A kicker is slang for someone who dresses in cowboy boots and well, Wrangler jeans yeah. and big and he, sometimes it's not usually the cowboy hat. They usually have like a trucker hat on, you know? Well, NSFW, cover your ears, little kids. Uh, kicker is short for the term shit kicker, which is someone well, who oh. kicks cow patties. Yeah, I was going to leave that part out, but yeah, 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 that's exactly where it comes from. <laughs> uh, yeah. They only drink Bud Light and Lone Star. Look, man. And they listen, <laughs> they listen to the greatest hits <laughs> of George Strait and occasionally Shania Twain if they've drank enough. You're going to alienate. How are you going to alienate where we live? <laughs> I don't know. I just did it. I just alienated my entire extended family. All of them. I mean, none of them listen, but they're all never gonna now. Speaking of alienation, what did we watch, Anthony? We watched Cowboy Bebop. Mm. The American science fiction streaming television series, not the Japanese neo-noir space western anime. From 1998. 1998. So this is a brand new live action adaptation of that aforementioned anime series. It just dropped 10 episodes uh, on Netflix and we watched the pilot as is what we do. So here in the sci-fi wise guys, we watch and review and I use the term review very loosely uh, straight to stream science fiction and science fiction science fiction and science fiction adjacent media of which this definitely falls in. Do you have a blurb for Cowboy Bebop? I have the Netflix blurb. Hit me. Long on style and perpetually short on cash. Bounty hunters spike Jet and Fay trawl the solar system looking for jobs, but can they outrun Spike's past? Uh, interesting. Over on IMDb, the blurb reads, 
a ragtag crew of bounty hunters chases down the galaxy's most dangerous criminals. They'll save the world for the right price. All right. Those are actually both pretty good, um, pretty good blurbs. I think the the one on IMDb is probably more appropriate for first time. I think so. First time viewers who have been exposed or who are being exposed for the first time. Maybe Speaking- the second one is uh, probably for the fans of the original anime series. So before we go any further, I think maybe we should get this part out of the way. Have you ever seen the original Cowboy Bebop? Yes, I've seen every episode. How long ago was that? I don't remember. Long okay, enough to where so I don't remember. <laughs> I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. Mm. And to emphasize how much I've never seen it in my head, as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Where's when's the guy with the big afro going to show up? <laughs> And then after I watched it, I was like, oh, no, that's Afro Samurai, that other big anime that <laughs> everyone tells you to watch, but you haven't seen. I was like, why did they make this guy bald? <laughs> so, no, I have no frame of reference whatsoever. I know nothing about Cowboy Bebop, except that it is very highly regarded. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a lot from the original? Yeah, there were there were parts that I definitely probably misremembered, especially in the first episode, because I think it's, that's the one that I haven't seen in so long, because it's the first one. But yeah, sense. there were definitely some things that, uh, I mean, unless they have changed them for the live action series. Sure. Which, who knows? We don't know. So we're going into this. You haven't watched it in a long time. I have no other, nothing else to compare it to. Kind of the opposite of last week when we, or last, yeah, on Thanksgiving when we reviewed Wheel of Time. I wanted to get that out of the way because we're about to go over the facts and, and talk about the the user ratings and all that. But at least from my point of view, I, I have nothing to compare this to but itself. Mm-hmm. It's important, I think, when you're reviewing something or you're listening or watching or reading a review to know the viewpoint of the reviewer so you can extrapolate from there. Okay. I, I feel like while watching this in live action, I got f- vibes from Firefly slash Sereni that I didn't get from the original anime. This isn't to say that, you know, Joss Whedon... Uh, just blatantly stole the concept because I don't necessarily think that's the case because they are different enough, but you are influenced by the things that you intake. So it's certainly possible that while watching or while concepting the original idea for Firefly, he was like, yeah, they're kind of like a a bunch of bounty hunters who fly around in a spaceship. And someone was like, oh, you mean like Cowboy Bebop? And then he watched the show. That's in my head (laughs) can. And that's what happened. He was like, oh, there's already something like that. I could see that. I actually didn't. Man, I didn't get the Firefly kind of influences or or similarities, I should say, watching it. But now thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, this is very much yeah. I didn't get it either. High budget Firefly. Yeah, I didn't get them either because I was exposed to, I think Firefly. I, I mean, obviously, I was exposed to Firefly before this, but I think I watched Cowboy Bebop and Firefly. I think I watched Firefly first, and then I watched Cowboy oh, okay. Bebop. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, that was cool. And then I found out one came out in 1998 and the other one came out in, I don't know, 2003, 2002, whatever. Whatever that was, yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, even while watching the live action version, I didn't get any of those vibes. In my head, the entire time I was like, yes, it's kind of like Firefly, a little bit. Well, it's not, it's hard to, so to to clarify, it's not like Firefly at all. Oh, no. In tone, in character, in the overall story arc. Uh, at least what I've saw in the first, then the pilot, the first episode, 60 minutes long. But it is very much like Firefly in the universe and the way things are just 
kind of thrown at the main characters and they have to abide by a set of rules that they didn't agree to, but here they are. And there's a little bit of tragedy in the background, mm-hmm. um, along with just the, the cowboy references, I guess. Well, it's definitely, it's more noir, like way more. It is much more noir than Western. Yeah. So, yeah, while I would say that Firefly is more Western than noir, but there's a little bit of overlap for sure. sure. And that's we've talked about that before in sci fi where like you can you can tell the same story a bazillion times. I mean, how many how many races of aliens are going to attack Earth? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're so important again. But every one of them ends up being different. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the I've said it before. I'm going to say it again today and I'm going to say it again sometime this next year. I'm sure. That that's one of the great things about sci-fi is you can tell the same story dozens of different ways, hundreds of different ways, and they they can all be interesting and unique. Yeah, yeah. I just I was reading like before we watched the show, before we watched the pilot, I remember reading online some people saying, "Oh, this is just like Firefly," and so I just I wanted mm-hmm. to wait until after we did like talked about what we were going to talk about and then say, "Hey, <laughs> did you up. get any? Did you get any vibes?" Because like I said, I didn't. It wasn't until like after I had watched the show and I was kind of doing some other stuff and I was like, yeah, kind of see where that stuff came yeah. from. But I wouldn't yeah. begrudge anyone from making the similarities. I would be very upset if they made them in a in a negative <laughs> connotation. Like if they were like, well, this is just Firefly, man. I'd be like, oh, please. There's a reason Firefly got canceled. Yeesh. And there goes that demographic. <laughs> Our one mutual friend is turning us off right now. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't listen. Let, you want me to throw some facts at you? Well, I was going to say, is this is a show that I chose. I'm going to go ahead and give you the initial floor, or I'm going to give you the floor for your initial thoughts and opinions. And, you know, throw some of that fact against the wall and see what sticks. I'm all facts over here, even my opinions. On IMDb, Cowboy Bebop, the entire season, has a rating of 6.6 stars out of 10, with a median score of 8. And an average of 7.1. Uh, it has 24.5% of its ratings are a 10. 20.1 at an 8. Uh, the next would be 7, and then 9, and then 1 at 9.7. So I, there's going to be... I think it's impossible for this show, because of what it is, because it's a remake of a beloved anime, beloved stories, mm-hmm. is never going to be everyone's cup of tea. Just like Wheel of Time last week, there's going to be a lot of people, for better or for worse, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not, that are just going to hate it because it exists. There's going to be a lot of people that love it because it exists. I gave all of those little, all of those ratings because I think the 6.6 is probably inaccurate to reality. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying like yeah. when you have a, a rhythmic mean of 7.1 and a median of 8, but then you give it an overall weighted average of 6.6. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% rotten with a 53% average audience score. Did you have any other aggregate sites? Metacritic slaps this thing around at 47 based on 26 critical reviews and then 3.9 based on 169 user ratings. So gotcha. A little rough? A little rough. The consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics' consensus says, maybe next time, Space Cowboy, this live-action bebop has a fun enough crew to spend time with, but it disappointingly replaces the soulfulness of the source material with kitsch. I want you to know what I'm doing right now. I'm going to describe to you 
what the word I'm googling is. the word k i t s c h and 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 when I say googling uh dear listeners if this is your first time I bing it I binged it Let's see. Kitsch Wikipedia is a term applied to art and design that is perceived as naive imitation, being gratuitous or having banal taste. Okay. So Rotten Tomatoes, it sounds like, is comparing it to the original source material and not letting it stand on its own, for better or for worse. I think if you're going to remake, you really, you're going to invite that comparison. So that's on them. I've got bad news for you on Metacritic. The top review that is a zero... A, oh, wow. a zero. An A. Wow. Where to begin with this mess? Comma. They took the greatest anime of all time and turned it into a dumb millennial cosplay. Zero out of ten. I know we've talked about Metacritic scores in the past and how we shouldn't really take them seriously. And I disagree to a point. But it doesn't matter how big of a fan you are of anything. Right? It it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're, like Whatever retort anyone has, they're typing up on their keyboard right now or they're thinking about it in their head. There is nothing that is a zero out of ten, except maybe death. Death's a zero death out of ten. Sucks. Because, death's a zero yeah. out of ten. Yeah, right. I would agree with you there. Taxes, but, like <laughs> they pay for things. Two out of ten. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't understand where it comes from because what you're doing is whenever you leave a zero out of ten review or a one star review, like out of fan love, right? All you're doing is invalidating your point to the general public. But what you are doing is just reaffirming, your, uh, well, I guess it gets confirmation bias, right? You go to the low scores because you want to see what the other people are saying about low scores. And then you turn around and leave a low score. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but that's a, that, that's a conversation for another day. It's a conversation we've had multiple times. <laughs> Nothing... I feel like the only time something should be a one out of 10 is if it left you off in a worse place than when you began. If, does that make sense? Yeah. Like Alien Warfare. And, I, and we pick on it a lot. Or, no, even, we no, don't. Forget, Alien for, Warfare is a 10 out of 10. How uh, dare you? Angels, Angels Fallen, right? Angels I, Fallen yeah. is a one out of 10. And the reason why it's a one out of 10 is because it's a bad movie that's got a terrible script. The actors are bad. The editing is bad. The camera work is bad. Everything about the movie is bad. Except. Right? Except. Well, well, she's the one, right? <laughs> Nicola Posner is in it, and she is the shining star that makes it at least a three out of ten. And then you Anyways. watch Kingdom of Gladiators the next week, and you're like, oh, it got worse. I'm sorry. We, we kind of, we we're talking about move, other movies we've seen. If, yeah. If y'all are new, if y'all are just chiming in, uh, Kingdom of Gladiators and Angels Fallen are two B-movies from the last two or three years that are especially bad. They're pretty awful. Uh, we reviewed them. They're horrible movies. You should go listen to those episodes. <laughs> but I get what your point. Your point yeah. is, is that this is not, I mean, we've watched the first episode. I think without going into my opinion, still talking about facts, this is not horrible. This has got great actors. It's got great sets. It's obviously got a good story. It's based off of something that is extremely loved. So there's no way this is a zero out of 10. There's no way this is a one or a two out of 10. It can hit mediocre at, at worst because of the people involved, the production involved, the, mu the music, the story, all of that. Like there's just, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Am I making, am I taking your point for you? I apologize. No, I got fine. all excited about it. I was no. becoming your paladin. Do your thing. <laughs> for that point. <laughs> Why? You know what? You're right. We can go on our rants some other time. Let me go ahead and give my thoughts and opinions on this. 
You can give your thoughts and opinions on it, and then we can talk about how everyone else's thoughts and opinions are wrong <laughs> in that order. Clearly. Uh, and maybe some other things along the way. I really liked this. This was a lot of fun. I didn't know anything about it going in, not just because I hadn't watched the old the old show. I mean, I didn't see a single trailer. I didn't know what actors were going to be in it. The only reason I knew Cowboy Bebop was sci-fi is because he said, hey, we should watch this. And I said, oh, is it sci-fi? And he said, yeah. Like that's that's the only thing I knew about it is that it qualified for us to watch it. The action is fun, very stylized and enjoyable. I like how unique the characters are. I really enjoyed the music. I like that the world building is so it's just so good. All of the exposition we get is given by a character talking to another character and not in an explanatory way. So we get the the beginning and the guy doing the, the casino robbery is going on about how he hates corporations and they own everything and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there's corporations. They're doing stuff, you know, and, and we see how it costs uh, the crew of the Bebop money to use the gate things to go wherever they're going. Like, okay, everything is expensive. Oh, they're turning in. They, they had to pay all these fees when they from their million dollar bounty down to a hundred thousand dollars. Like, okay, we'll see how they're being abused. We see the relationship he has with his wife's new husband slash boyfriend, boyfriend slash whatever. So we're learning about the world these characters live in through their interactions with it. Very much unlike, I mean, much better than the way Will of Time did it last week, where there was straight, ex- like more or less straight exposition. Let's be honest. It was good, but it, it was it was more exposition. Way better than the way Dune did it. <laughs> this is the way... You show a world. And I don't know if, whether to praise the live action or praise the anime, whatever. Take it take it how you will. John Cho is awesome. Just to quickly, I mean, quickly talk about actors. And I say quickly, anyone who's been here for three episodes know that that's a lie. <laughs> Our three main characters, John Cho as Spike Spiegel, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, and Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine. And then we also have Elena Satine as Julia. And our main villain is Alex Hassel, or played by Alex Hassel. His name is Vicious. They're the only actors in all 10 episodes. Yeah. So far from what I've seen, great casting. Fantastic. I find everybody believable, at least within the world, within the confines of the rules that are set. I really enjoyed everyone's performances. John Cho gets a lot of close-up time in this first episode. A lot. There are a lot of scenes where it's just his face. And he conveys... Emotion very, very well. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. It's for for my first exposure to him being the uh, the MILF guy from <laughs> American Pie to this. Oh, he's man. got some range, right? He's got some range. Uh, obviously done, doing comedy with that uh, with <laughs> and Harold and Kumar. This is not his first sci-fi, right? Right. Uh, famously in the uh, the new Star Trek or the, the Kelvinverse or J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, whatever you want to whatever you'd like to call him, as Sulu. Excellent casting. Probably my favorite casting, actually, from the uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot was John Cho as Sulu. Yeah. Sorry to everyone yes. else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know these other two. Uh, so Mustafa Shakir, um, he's got 51 acting credits. He's been in some stuff. Been acting since 1996. Uh, some yeah. TV, some uncredited work. Yeah, he's... He's definitely what I would call, I mean, I guess a working actor, right? Um, He does a really good job. I think he's younger, which would make sense that he's been acting for so long. 
Yeah, 45. Okay. I mean, when I, when I say younger, like, I think most people, when they see a first acting credit as, as, as early as that, they would assume that he's, like, a child. Of mm. 45? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely not, it wasn't a child actor, but definitely started, right, right. you know, as, as a young adult. Daniela Pineda, 29 acting credits. She's going to be in the new Jurassic World. I'm looking through. Well, she was in Fallen Kingdom. Was she? Okay. Yes. And uh, she's also in uh, that show. The one you watch. <laughs> the originals? Vampire Diaries and the originals. Oh. <laughs> okay, so she's been in some prominent television then. That's yeah. good. Uh, first acting credit, 2010. So I've been doing it over a decade now. Next on our list was Alina Satine. 33 acting credits. Looking through this list, she was in the new Twin Peaks. I don't recognize any of this. She was in a, some, some television. First acting credit, 2007. Yeah. Did you recognize her from anything? I did not, but she's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the show Revenge, which I think was really popular for a while there. I didn't see any episodes of it. No, I haven't either. She was in 22 um, episodes, though, so definitely yeah. stuff there. So uh, rounding out our principal cast, Alex Hassel as our antagonist, Vicious, has got 46 acting credits, dating all the way back to 2001. Uh, he was in, let's see, some television, episode of Torchwood. I would have seen him in that. Nothing that is sticking out to me. Have you seen, oh, he was in The Boys as Translucent? I scrolled right past that. So that's pretty recent. I saw him in Cold Mountain, I think. Well, let me rephrase that. I saw Cold Mountain. I don't remember him being in it. (laughs) (laughs) He he plays orderly. (laughs) Fair enough. So I probably don't remember what he looks like. Translucent, huh? Yeah, translucent. I mean, he was invisible most of the time, so I guess that's why I didn't recognize him. Who knows? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, John Cho, to swing back to him, first acting credit all the way back in 1997. Uh, He wasn't in... American Pie till 99. So he had two years under his belt before the first thing I remember seeing him in. He has 114 acting credits. And and apparently also untitled Star Trek sequel 2023. Okay. Hmm. All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Charmed. Mark Chow. (laughs) He was in an episode of Charm. Good for him. So I think all in all, strong cast. Not, I don't know how they look compared to the original characters, the animated characters, probably very different because they're real people. So I, I have a different opinion, but I liked everyone's performances thus far. How did you feel about our, our actors? And, well, I mean, really, and how about the, the pilot episode as a whole? In terms of my initial thoughts, I think it translated pretty well to live action. I mean, there are some things that probably in the back of my head, I may or may not have preferred just because of my experience with the animated show but i'm not this is this like this kind of trails back to what i was saying about people who leave one star reviews or calling something a zero out of ten like even if something like just leaves a completely negative taste in my mouth and it colors probably like i don't know if it's ever going to color my perception of the previous experience but as we've started doing this podcast I've, i've learned over time that i need to look at things with an objective viewpoint. Because if if we go into something with our predetermined ideas of what we think or what we don't think, I feel that that actually kind of ruins my experience overall. The actors are great. I think a lot, like you talked about the music. I really enjoyed the music. 
I really enjoyed like a lot of the camera work, like that particular scene uh, when he's walking around TJ, as they call it, you know, Tijuana, and he's like showing people the picture that's cut pretty much scene for scene from the animated show. And like, that's such a great scene in the original pilot. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad they captured it really well. If I had like, I, I, I mean, I've got negative things to say, but I don't, it's all, you said this thing is like high budget firefly and like i did i don't necessarily agree with that like it's got a it's obviously got a better budget the production <laughs> values are better for but sure i feel like some of the like just the sets or maybe like some of the costuming like i don't really like jet's costuming and maybe it's because it's money but like i didn't really necessarily believe that that was a cybernetic arm because that's what it's supposed sure. to be yeah yeah no i could agree with that just didn't really catch for me other, I mean, other than that, like, it's just the the ship, like the exterior shots of the ship. I didn't really love, like when they're flying around out in space, I thought that was really neat. I actually mentioned this in one of our group chats is that I think whoever, uh, creator Christopher L. Yost, I think he might've played some elite dangerous because like, <laughs> that's the vibe I was getting from a lot of the exterior or the space shots of when they're flying around in the spaceports and where they're going through the different gates to hyperspeed them or whatever i don't even know what it's called i really thought that was neat but yeah i mean visually i thought it was pretty cool i really enjoyed it i had a great time so yeah that's what i got okay you mentioned the music i mentioned it earlier too i meant to bring up that yoko kano kano perhaps <laughs> the composer for the anime cowboy bebop is also the composer for this live action series oh that's pretty cool yeah very cool and it would be really weird if you liked one set of music and didn't like the other <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty telling uh you know i thought that was a interesting little bit of trivia side question before we continue yes. yeah you and i have played probably an inordinate amount of time or inordinate amount of hours in a game called street fighter 3 do you remember this game third strike yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the, the original Street Fighter 3's soundtrack was called Acid Jazz. And um, I'm not sure what the obsession is with like anime and fighting games made by Japanese companies with, I guess, like acid jazz or jazz music. Because I think it's really prevalent in a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, th there is that whole, I mean, this, this is going to get way off topic. But there is that whole thing about how like music leaves countries decades after like the sound comes out sure. you know just because other places don't have access to them at the time like how there were a lot of jokes when i was growing up in the in the 90s and early 2000s that disco music finally made it to eastern europe you know what i mean mm. <laughs> so i just I, I i think it's so cool like and i'm not making fun of it i think it's really cool that a musical genre which probably doesn't get a lot of airplay these days not a whole lot of jazz records are hitting number one on the billboard charts here in the good old us of a but i think it's really cool that they kept that theme because i think if, if if this was a completely original ip in 2021 it probably wouldn't have kept that music it probably would do something completely yeah. different I thought, and maybe that's the noir theme kind of like that was the original plan was to lean into everything noir the music the camera work sure in a couple of later episodes of the anime there's a lot of shots of like high collars fog shadow and hopefully that continues i think that's something that we could we could probably easily say that the live action series is benefiting from the original source material in that tone, that music tone. Very good. Yeah, that's a good word. I, I just uh, <laughs> I termed it right now. Glad you knew what it meant. 
<laughs> I don't have much else to say. I really, really enjoyed the show. Did you have an idiot of the pilot? It's got to be the people. Well, it's got to be the the young lady, Katerina mm. Montgomery. And the reason why I say that is because part of my qualifications, like you earn a vote if you get yourself killed. And I think that's exactly what she did. Now, I'm not in her scenario, so I don't know anything about. That sounds weird to say, but it's hard for me to place myself in in that person's shoes because I've never been there. But yeah, she willingly flew towards ships well, that said, we will open fire and dist- we will kill you. And she just did it anyways. So, well, here's where I'm going to disagree simply because I, I wouldn't call anyone who commits suicide an idiot. It's not like she was an idiot and led to an accidental death. Like she, del- she committed death by cop, essentially suicide by cop. Yeah. No, she, she willingly made a choice that resulted in the, in the end of her life. And it's, other like other situations have occurred on our podcast where someone does something, maybe not as as blatant as this, but it's like, you know, if I open this door, there could be some rampaging monster on the other side of it. And they open the door and then the rampaging monster kills them. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just all I'm saying is it just. Sure, sure. She and her boo, Asimov, had every opportunity to not die. And every single chance that they took to not die, they made the opposite choice. No, yeah. no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to say the member of the syndicate who ran away from two gunfights <laughs> only to get his uh, head nearly chopped clean off uh, by his by his boss, Vicious. Henshin, man. Yeah, he was a bad hench. He had opportunity to take out Asimov. Didn't take it because he was too scared. He had opportunity to take out Spike. Didn't take it because he was too scared. What did he get for his troubles? He could have got a promotion, but no, <laughs> he got killed. And that's why you don't hench. <laughs> well, I, it's another reason why you don't hench. What's really funny about this episode is it really just, we get from some of the flashbacks that your boy Spike may or may not have been involved with the syndicate, right? Like they have, right. like give, they call him a code name, a member of the syndicate recognizes him. And whenever there's like an organized crime thing, the best way to introduce them is to like have them prove how like badass or evil or like, yeah, criminals. And in both scenarios, one guy takes out several members of the crew almost single handedly. <laughs> like, yeah, one of the dudes was on Red Eye, which I think was we didn't really talk about that. But Asimov and Katarina are disguising a hundred vials of something called Red Eye as a baby bump. So no one would suspect that that's what it is, right? They're trying to smuggle this to sell it to get off world. And they get approached by the syndicate in a tavern. And then Asimov proceeds to kill almost every member of the the crew. And then Spike, at the end of this episode, takes out... I I didn't count, but I think there was like at least seven or eight people that he killed almost single-handedly. Impressive. Very impressive. (laughs) Yeah, but the syndicate did did not get off on the right foot trying to show us how like how dangerous they are as an organization. They lost a lot of henches. Even Faye, uh, the girl that they lock in a bathroom, she's like, "You guys are scared of the syndicate," and she kind of proves their point. <laughs> like, <laughs> eh, eh. so maybe the syndicate was the idiot of the show all along. Mm, maybe. Mm. Maybe, Maybe the real I mean, idiots it, were all of the syndicates we met along the way. I mean, uh, further cementing, I think, her position uh, in my vote is 
your girl also willingly got involved with a guy whose job is to commit organized crime. Yep. I so. think you are on record <laughs> stating that getting involved in organized crime, top of the idiot list. Yeah. Didn't you know that love knows no boundaries? <laughs> Fair oh, enough. Man. Uh, I mean, there, oh, it, man. she got to the final frontier. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Worth the price of subscription? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm looking forward to watching more of it. I think so as well. Even if you are a big fan of the original anime, I think it's worth watching. Like, set your bias aside and just watch something for what it is. But, you know, just watch it. I mean... <laughs> Watch it within its own context. Yes, yes, thank you. Because, I mean, inevitably, the Lord of the Rings movies are going to be remade. And so when that happens, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. I'm probably going to watch them just because they exist. (laughs) So, All right, well, if you have suggestions for better things we could watch or worse things we could watch, please send them our way, (laughs) scifiwiseguys at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at scifiwiseguys.com on Twitter and Instagram. And I guess if you want to give up your anonymity, there is the Sci-Fi Wise Guys Facebook group, which I guess I'll get notified if you actually message on there. I haven't been on there a little while. We might be revamping (laughs) the Facebook group or getting rid of it. We'll see. Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? If you really enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate if you shared it with your friends and then shared it with your enemies. Word of mouth is just is the best way to support any indie podcast, and we really, really appreciate it. And if you really liked what you heard, make sure you go on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Like, subscribe, five stars, five stars, thumbs up, heart, whatever. You know, we definitely appreciate that. You leave us a five-star review. I will read it on the podcast, so make sure it's not something you wouldn't want your mom to hear you say. And then finally, head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys. Become a patron if you really want to. Get access to episodes early. That'd just be really cool of you. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And uh, don't blow a hole into the wall of a space station. Just Oh, yeah. Forgot about that guy. It's not going to really work out for you. Yeah. No, did not work out for him <laughs> at all. <laughs> Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. You're cutting out on me again. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, am I Am I here? Yeah. You're just doing the digitization thing again. Oh, you're you're a little oh, digitizing yourself. I'm going to turn off my camera. Okay. I'm or can I just make it lower quality? Are you there? Yes. I am now. All right. Uh, you, I, you look fine. You look great. Okay. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs>